Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Impact Investing Podcast. And quite fittingly, this week, we're going to talk about impact investing. Mm. It is something that we have talked about before, but obviously it's the name of the pod. And... um, you know, it's what we're all about. So worth a revisit. Um, yeah. And hopefully we'll bring some something fresh to the topic. As always. Um, but first, Tom, before I forget and dive straight in, <laughs> let's go over to admin corner. Admin corner. Um, let me remember all the admin items. So uh, we always love hearing from you. So please uh, drop us an email at podcast at circa5000.com. We're going to be doing another Q&A episode in the coming weeks. So please send us any questions, any areas you'd like us to cover. And please uh, subscribe, follow us on podcast apps, share them with your friends, and watch our exponentially expanding audience uh, on YouTube, uh, watching the fidgeting live, uh, not live, recorded live videos. (laughs) Unedited. (laughs) Completely unedited, yeah. Um, so impact investing, Tom, I think it's worth just going for the, maybe not quite the dictionary definition, but a, a, a definition of what yep. we mean by impact investing. Obviously, if you've listened to a few episodes before this one, you'll have heard, hear us talk about ESG. You'll have heard us talk about, uh, you know, greenwashing SRI, all these things that, that we'll come on to perhaps, but it's good to just start with the basics and, yep. and just remind everyone what is impact investing. Um, and so how, how we define it and how I think it's broadly defined is it's investing for financial return. We would, we would say at least market rate financial return, market rate being um, uh, a stock market return like the MSCI All Country World, which is the index which uh, invests in all the biggest companies in the world. So at least achieving that level of return, but doing so by investing in companies that are trying to solve uh, a world problem through their business model, through the product and service that they sell. Um, and so um, it's often split along uh, the areas of planets so or climate areas, and then the areas of people, non-climate areas, and which we'll go into. But that's the kind of textbook definition, financial return and a measurable uh, positive social or environmental impact. Um, important that it's measurable, important that it's intentional, and important that that's what the company does through its business model, i.e. the thing that it sells and puts out into the world. Yeah, so we'll come on to why it's completely distinct from ESG yeah. and SRI, uh, socially responsible investing and uh, environmental social governance, risk investing. Um, but really impact investing is is that the key thing is that there's two th- key things one is return mm-hmm. as in it's important to know straight out the blocks that this isn't a charitable exercise it's not a return a giving up returns to have to do the right thing exercise it's yeah. not a do gooder argument for impact investing it's yeah. actually uh you're seeking proper normal investment returns for the le- level of risk that you take whatever yeah. that has to whatever that happens to be but it's also only doing that by investing in businesses that are directly trying to address or just happen to address through their business model a uh, a, a, a social issue or an environmental issue, yeah. basically. Yeah. So one of the things there is on return mm-hmm. and that it's not a charitable exercise, but the argument that you get quite a bit of the time is, well, and a traditional argument would be, Make as much money as you can through your investments mm-hmm. by fair means or foul. Just 
your as an investor, your objective should just be to make money, rule out any other consideration. And this is, you know, this is this is feeds into the sort of anti woke argument that's coming into yeah. the to the to the US that we that we covered on a past episode. Um, you know, I think and and that social and environmental issues should be solved by either governments or charities or a combination of those two. Yeah. I think it's important straight out why we just say that there's why there's a place for impact investing and why it's not wrong to want to make a return off these things. Yeah, so I think one of the first things I would say on why there's a place for it is, you know, if you look at the the scale of the issues that impact investing uh, is trying to address, they're in the tens of trillions. We're talking about the energy transition. We're talking about solving affordable housing, access to healthcare. These are huge, global, colossal problems. And so it's completely, um, it's it's kind of, you wouldn't expect governments and charities to be able to solve that completely on their own. Um, and so it's the way impact investors think. It's like the, it's, uh, the job of the capital markets to also help plug that gap with, with, with billions and trillions of investment into these companies in these areas that are solving these problems. That's why there's a structural gap, I would suppose, in, in funding and solving these problems. And that structural gap creates a return opportunity. Because if you think about the, the themes of impact investing, really what we're investing in is structural future themes that are underpinned by some positive social or environmental um, underpinning kind of market or, or solution. Over the long term, taking over, you know, 10, 20 years, because the, 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 the structural shifts in society need to be addressed, companies that are addressing them um, and for-profit companies that are addressing them using technology to scale the solutions to these problems have the opportunity, have the chance to offer outsized returns mm-hmm. if they solve them and they scale those problems. And so there's a there's a structural um, reason why this form of investing needs to exist, i.e. the scale of money that needs to go to them. And because of that, and the fact that these things need to be solved, the companies that sit along these trends, sit along these uh, structural shifts with a product and service aimed at solving them offer the chance for, for great financial returns as well. So that's the kind of the returns and the, the money argument as to why this form of investing needs to exist. Yeah, and I think you could you could go into some you know you could go into sort of a, a, a philosophical argument about what is the purpose of mm. the economy and what yeah. is the purpose of financial markets and all these type of things. You yeah. know, if it's not to help progress exactly, humanity, yeah. then what is it for? Is it yeah. is it should these industries be purely you know should these these markets be just extracting wealth? Yeah. You know, turning anything into profit for the investor, or should it be that there's a there's a the system should exist to progress humanity, yeah. and I think you could you could spend you could spend hours analysing where to draw the line on that, mm. and, and and where you know the functions of markets, economies, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the purpose of investing. Full stop. But you know, I think there's I think you get into the minority when you say you know no rules apply, anyone yeah. should be allowed to do anything for profit, and you know it's a free for all basically. Yeah, I think you could make a really strong purely capitalist growth argument for impact investing. Yeah. Because it's, on, on the one hand, the, the climate crisis, these companies are trying to solve that. That could produce uh, future growth areas, massive future growth areas um, in the energy transition. And on the other side, the people side, access to healthcare, affordable housing, banking, internet access, these are things that would produce more economic activity if people had access to them and would produce more growth. So you don't need to make a moral argument when it comes to this kind of no. investing. You can make a pure long-term uh, returns argument. Um, it just so happens that it's this, this feel-good factor with it as well, which is along these social and environmental lines. Yeah, and it's not just, I mean, 
we've made the point before, it's not just climate change. Mm. You know, it's these other social factors as well, which I think, you know, if you're talking about using impact investing as a tool to to grow economies, we've we've talked about this before as well yeah. when, we, when we did the, um, when we talked about the autumn statement, I think it was. Mm. But, you know, and we've talked about it on episode 29 when we talked about um, pensions. Yeah. You know, if everybody, and it's, this is a global thing, not just a UK thing, but if everybody's living longer... Yeah. Then you need you you need to invest in innovative healthcare in order yeah. to in order to make sure that people have a long and healthier, more productive life mm-hmm. in order to grow the economy yeah. um, and and make everybody better off. So you know there's there's hard, as you say there's hardcore capitalist arguments for impact investing. There's hardcore capitalist arguments for you know these these sort of uh, double win things where you invest you invest in industry and it, and it out the back something something is produced like that healthcare example. Yeah, and you can see, I mean, go- governments around the world are struggling to make the most, uh, to, co- to provide the most basic forms of these, you know, services, whether it's housing, education, uh, access to uh, clean water, etc. And so there's a huge gap that needs to be filled. In certain countries, certain governments do do different things. And so, for example, in the, in the UK, social housing is usually provided by the government. Mm-hmm. In certain countries, that's not the case. Yeah. So there's a part for the private sector to play. So... And there's countries with that specific example where there's where there's massive um, structural demand for the services that are being provided. I.e., there's certain countries around the world with tens of millions of a housing shortage, tens of millions of units of housing shortage. So there's a big market to be filled. It's not the government who's doing it. So impact investing can you know slot into those areas, produce a service that's really really good from a public good perspective, which helps long term growth of that economy, um, and is an area which is not going to get served by governments or, or or traditional kind of charities or you know public services yeah and, and i think that that brings on to sort of some areas are, are naturally more investable than others hmm. so you know we talked there about healthcare you know there's a huge healthcare uh sector that's investable on yeah. listed markets yeah um not all of it you would say is perhaps impact yeah um you know but but the more innovative end of of the healthcare uh companies is you know where there's big R and D expenditure and the developing treatments for something that's previously yeah. untreatable. You know there's a there's a strong impact argument there. Same with sort of clean energy. There's a lot of clean energy companies. There's a lot of companies that have the majority of their revenue derived from producing clean sources of energy. Yeah, they're, they're big markets that are clearly direct directly investable. Um, there's other areas though where what you'd say is the universe is smaller. Mm. So there's, yeah. there's basically just fewer companies out there to invest in. Yeah. And these are areas like ecosystems mm. or ocean yeah. health um, where, you know, off the top of your head, you would probably struggle to name a company that where their business model is directly, and it has to be, you know, it sort of has to be a direct thing. It can't yeah. just be that they don't pollute the ocean. It has to be that they're actively trying to clean yeah. the ocean up. Yeah. Um, you know, you probably can't name a listed business that falls into that category. So you have to be sort of uh, careful that you're not, and we've talked again about, we we did it in the last uh, episode or the episode we did on on thematics. You have to be careful about, it's not just picking the name of a fund to invest in an area. It has to actually be doing something in that area. So... um, yeah, this is where I think genuine, genuine impact investors can can stand out in the creation of the the funds that they create and the themes yeah. that they create. Because you mentioned healthcare, then it's very, very easy to fudge healthcare and impact yeah. investing. Because there's hundreds, there's companies. hundreds, and they're all you know big pharma. You know, not really doing anything that's of major benefit to certain demographics. 
certain um, diseases, things that are overlooked. And so that's where as, as impact investors, you can you know, can really differentiate yourselves by looking at kind of orphan drugs or, or demographics that are not traditionally served by, you know, big pharma because it's not immediately profitable mm-hmm. in the way that they look at. Um, and then the other thing that you just mentioned there, which, which we touched on the other week with theme washing is you start to uh, see impact themes getting created that aren't really kind of built out properly underneath. Oceans is one that always get, kind of gets mentioned. There's like a, you know, a blue, I can't remember the, 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 the There's the one ETF. or two. There's funds, one or two, yeah, but yeah. looking beneath the hood, they're not really there. So, you know, impact investing, what it is, the returns argument, then the next layer deeper is how you can actually construct, you know, those those properly constructed themes within the given areas that you invest in. Um, and I think that's what separates proper impact investors from out from the people that are just doing it for the theme washing, for the, for the marketing. Yeah. So should we jump onto one of our favourite topics, which is the difference between ESG... <laughs> I didn't know there was a difference. Impact and SRI. <laughs> um, you know, I think... We, we've we've covered this on a number number of episodes. Episode twenty nine, I said, was uh, was you know is ESG woke? Um, we've done ESG inflow, inflows. Episode twenty four. We've we've you know we've we've covered ESG quite extensively. But I think you know now that we've sort of said about impact and what it is and what it isn't, I think it's it's important just to just to define what yeah. ESG actually is. Yeah. So I'll do I'll go one before ESG, which is the SRI. So you, yeah. may, you may have heard of the all these three terms. So SRI investing, socially responsible investing, was really the first form of, I suppose, like an umbrella ethical investment term, yeah. which I think came about around about the 90s. And really, you still see it to this day, which is just screening out some companies based on moral grounds. Um, I think we mentioned this previously, but it, I think it was the, the Church of England with their endowment, they first started doing it because for religious reasons, they wanted to avoid certain sectors and certain companies, uh, for example, gambling, I think is one that they, that they uh, excluded. And that became known as social responsible investing, and it still exists to this day. We don't want to invest in these areas, so we'll just screen them out, and then you're left with whatever you're left with, basically. Yeah. You're not making a, an argument about what you're left with. You're just saying, I want to avoid these. Um, more recently, I think in the, in the 2000s and, 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 uh, and, and early 2010s, ESG investing has become um, more popularized, environmental, social, and governance investing. And this is about looking at individual companies using those three uh, those three uh, uh, criteria as risk factors when looking at areas that could impact those companies' stock price. So, uh, for example, on the environmental side, you could make an argument that there could be some stranded assets that a a coal company um, can no, will no longer be able to. Um, mine and sell in the future, and that will have a negative impact on the stock price. What you're not doing with ESG is you're not making an assessment about whether the product and service is good for the world in any way. You're kind of looking at a company through the lens of, is it a good corporate citizen? And is anything it's doing going to have a a negative impact on its stock price in the future? Um, I saw saw something recently that phrased it well. It's, uh, It's kind of, it's not about what you, the company's doing to the world, it's what the world could do to the company, basically. Yeah. And yeah. it's more inward looking yeah. as opposed to outward looking. Um, and that's where impact investing is completely different. Impact investing is completely outward looking. So what is the product and service that the company's doing? Um, what's that going to do for the world? Is it going to benefit the world in some environmental or or, uh, or social way? And so that's how the, th- the three main terms stack up against each other. And you can just see how distinct impact is from ESG, just purely from the starting point, it being completely the opposite. Yeah. And I think, you know, we started this this podcast in June 22 um yeah. you know that 
that confusion around those terms hasn't gone away. No. And in fact, there's been the rise of this sort of backlash against ESG as though yeah. it's it's some sort of um, woke-driven yeah. woke driven way of investing, which it really, really isn't. And, you know, yeah. you, have, you have some big industry figures coming out and just sort of saying, you know, actually just can we calm down and have a look at this because <laughs> yeah. all we're trying to do is is really understand the true risk of the of the things that we're investing in. Yeah. And as you say, it's 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 trying it's an attempt to try and quantify a series of external risks. Yeah. Just happen to be in these categories. Yeah. I mean, we've said it before, I think, but you, if you just rebadged ESG as 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 sort of like in-depth risk analysis investing. Yeah. No one would have a problem with yeah, it. Yeah. But because it's got this environmental and social, these are like trigger words to yeah, certain yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. And uh you know it's 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 caused this backlash. But it's also on a on a sort of in terms of the investment industry, it's allowing this clouding of mm. of what you're in, actually investing in. So and the the investment industry who are now receiving a backlash are actually the ones who are guilty in certain cases of marketing ESG funds yeah. as aligning with your values. Yep. Aligning with your values is like a big is like a it's like a sort of overused statement in mm. the in the ESG world where yep. you know and positioning things as like you know pictures of people t- talking saying you know I care about the environment therefore I've chosen the ESG fund and yeah. it's that is not what it is and yep. in a way the investment industry is paying the price for marketing those things in that way now because yep. In the US, there's a big backlash against it. Yeah, um, yeah, it's funny that I mean, we talked about this previously, but our gripe with it has been it's been confused with impact investing. But and a lot of these asset management marketing departments have made ESG seem like it was impact investing when it's completely different. That's been our critique of it. But then that critique is getting mixed up with the the new kind of anti woke critique in the US, which is stop forcing these kind of left-wing values onto our investment. But that's not what ESG actually is. It's just no. a basic risk framework. And our our problem was that it was a completely, you know, incorrect way of uh, lumping together ESG and impact as the same thing when they're completely distinct. I think the danger is that it, it gets clouded in this negativity and people don't go anywhere near it. Whereas what we think will actually happen, and we suppose we hope what will happen, is people will just see ESG for what it is. It'll still be there in the background of some kind of risk factor inclusion, but people will move to proper impact investing yeah. and the industry will continue its transition into considering impact really is the third dimension when you think about investing, first being returns, second being risk, and the third being impact. Yeah. And in the middle of that is is the investments that you want to make. Yeah, yeah. So shall we move on to um, some things to think about as, a, as an individual who might be looking to get involved with impact? Obviously, yeah. there's, you know first thing probably someone would do would google impact investing funds yeah. and you, you know you might end up in a you might end up in a sort of world of pain if you yeah. do that yeah. um you know i think there's it's important to firstly go back to some things that we've said about just what proper investing is for an individual who's not a multimillionaire mm. who's trying to build the wealth for the long term for themselves and you need to make sure that any investment you're picking as an individual sort of does that job first yeah um so you know just to just to remind people our principles or our four things that we think you should think about when you're investing are one think long term Mm -hmm. two diversify three invest regularly and four make an impact so we've talked about impact but i think some of these things will cover some of the others particularly around diversification yeah and um some other 
some of the things like liquidity, which is important. Yeah, so it, so there's something within impact investing called the spectrum of impact. Um, and on to give you an example, on one side of the spectrum is the is the kinds of impact investing that we do, which is investing into big established businesses that are listed on the stock market. Um, they're liquid, and what that means is you know you can buy and sell them um, easily, so you're not kind of locked in and trapped in. And so it's where you can put the majority of your money. It's what most people do, whether an individual or an institution, is you invest in liquid listed securities because of that liquidity uh, and because of the data and the stage of the companies. You've got more data on them, you can understand them more and the more mature as businesses. That's the one end of the spectrum. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, to give an example, would be a you know a brand new affordable housing company in the UK building its first home um, and give it you know building it at a price point where people who are just trying to start out can get access to. So that undoubtedly has, if you invested in that business, it would have more direct impact because you invest in the business and the business goes and does this thing for the first time straight away, benefiting a family instantly. But it's a much riskier endeavor because that is a, an early stage biz, uh, business just getting off the ground. And it's highly liquid. You can't sell your uh, investment in that company. Yeah. And so it's important to think about those two ends of the spectrum and everywhere in in the middle when you're thinking about building a diversified impact investment portfolio because you can't lock all your money on the small end of the risky end and the illiquid end of the spectrum. Most of it is more suited to the other end. Um, but it may be that you can build something which which does have that more direct impact, um, that housing example, um, but the vast majority of it sub should be in the more liquid listed uh, area of the spectrum. Yeah, so I think, you know, it's it's that sort of, impact versus risk thing you yeah. you know so um you can still fall with on you can still fall on that spectrum of impact investing but just making sure that it's at a level that's a, a appropriate risk for you yeah um you know there's some things to just think about generally as well that you know you have to think about what what form of investment portfolio i.e what mm. group of investments do you put together in such a way that it that it has the best chance of meeting your own personal long-term objectives within a risk profile that you feel comfortable taking and yeah. is appropriate to try and get you there. Yeah. So, you know, I think the first thing is to start out with, like, what are you investing for? How long yeah. are you investing for the next 10, 20, 30 years? Okay, well, that's a good start because yeah. you're, now, you're now sort of making some – you've got to give yourself a good chance of making some good returns over yeah. time. But then you have to think about, you know – are you getting proper diversification within that within mm. it within a fund? So, as you said, Tom, probably you want listed businesses probably held within a fund. Yeah, but you need to make sure that fund is easily bought and sold. Yeah, so it's the underlying companies are liquid, and that the fund can easily be bought and sold. You know, either it's an ETF fund that's traded intraday, or it's a mutual fund that you can buy or sell easily. Um, you want to look at the number of holdings in those funds. So you want to make sure that you've got a good spread across a number of different companies. And you want to probably ideally, if you're an individual in the UK, make sure that those funds are uh, eligible to be bought within an ISA or a yeah. SIP because that's where you're going to get the best tax advantages for you as an investor. Yeah. So I think it's worth just, you know, listen back to our other episodes where we cover it. We talk about these type of things, but, you know, it's worth just making sure before you dive in and sort of say, right, I'm an impact investor now. Let me go and find impactful companies wherever they may be, and I'll just throw money into them. That start start with what's right for you in terms of an investment portfolio, yeah, and then find impact options that match those 
match those objectives. Yeah, it's very very tempting because you can have that direct impact instantly by going, you know, helping fund a wind a wind farm in your local area. Yeah. But you've got to think about diversification. You've got to think about long term and the liquidity aspect of it. But you can build overall a really impactful portfolio that still has those characteristics, is still liquid, and maximizes the impact you want to have as an individual. Yeah. So there we are. We've, we've talked about impact again. I mean, it would be good to get, um, you know, any areas that people would like to hear more about, then, you know, get in touch, podcast at circa5000.com. Um, but it seems like a good place to wrap up, Tom. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.